0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and today let's talk about the Penguins blue line because, oh boy, listen, we're all tough on Ron Hextall. The one thing he wanted to focus on last offseason season. The one thing that was always mentioned, the one thing that was really addressed the most in the offseason was the blue line. And it seems like they're heading towards another defensive overhaul. The Penguins' defense this season has been disappointing. Fourth most allowed shots per game. 34.1 shots. Seventh most shots allowed in total. With 1,907. 10th most high danger chances allowed with 749, according to Natural Stat Trick. That's 13.4 high danger chances per game. I don't know about you, but when I'm using a backup goaltender for six weeks, 13.4 high danger chances, you need a little bit better defense in my eyes. I would assume you agree. And the problem is, not only that they're giving up a lot of shots, not only that they're giving up a lot of opportunities, but they're just losing outright in front of their own net. Need any further explanation of that? Just go back and watch the both Islanders games. Who's the one guy that had goals in both games from basically the same spot? Anders Lee. Why? Because the Penguins don't have an answer for Anders Lee in the net front. They just don't. And that's on the defense. Especially when Brian Burke and Ron Hextall came out and said, Our biggest desire is to get bigger and tougher to play against in our own net front. Want to be able to move the puck still, but we want to get harder to play against. We want to be able to clear out our net front better. Well, that hasn't happened. It just hasn't. So, it seems as if this team is once again heading towards a defensive overhaul. It should come as no surprise, because Hextall signaled that he was looking to trade a defenseman back in July of last year, right? He made those two trades on the same day, John Marino for Ty Smith in the third, and then Mike Matheson for Jeff Petrie and Ryan Paling. same day, a couple hours apart, And then a little bit later in the day was asked by Danny Shiree of DK Pittsburgh Sports, is it safe to assume that you're probably not going to enter the season with nine NHL caliber defensemen? And Hextall played it off, laughed, and said, yeah, that's pretty safe to assume. So I'm going to take that and say it was safe to assume that he was hoping to trade a defenseman before the season started. Not only did that not happen, but we're 56 games into the season and that's still the last trade that happened which was acquiring Jeff Petrie and Paling for Mike Matheson in July. And now, according to Dan Kingersky of Pittsburgh Hockey Now, Jeff Petrie is available for a trade. I know that there's a long history of teams flipping assets, getting them, flipping them right away. A lot of the times, it's considered the three-team trade that isn't all happens at one time, or sometimes it just happens in quick succession. I can't remember the last time that a player was brought in, not for the purpose of flipping them, and then ended up being the next player traded out. Off the top of my head, I can't think of one. I guarantee you there has been one, but I can't think of one. Now, this doesn't mean that Jeff Petrie is going to be traded. But he's available for trade. I'm sorry, I don't even know if I said that. But yeah, that's according to Dan Kangurski of Pittsburgh Hockey Now. Jeff Petrie is available for trade. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. At the very least, I don't think it's going to happen before next Friday. Because of a couple reasons. One, Petrie has a modified no trade clause. And his... Is a 15 team no trade list. So your list is already shortened to half. And I guarantee you, most of the teams on his no trade list are the only teams that can probably afford to get him. Right? He currently has a $6.25 million cap hit for two more seasons, which is the most among Penguins defensemen and the second most on the team behind only, of course, Sidney Crosby. Moving that much cap space could give the Penguins the flexibility to go out, find one or multiple options for that third line, could really help them build that third line for the stretch run of this season. But again, I just don't know who takes that on, and also, I don't know what it's going to cost. What's coming back the other way? What do you have to send out for it? Ron Hextall has already mentioned that He's not trading a first-round pick for the only purpose being to clear cap space. So if Petrie's on his way out and they're literally trying to clear that $6.25 million or at least the vast majority of it, the first-round pick's probably not going to be attached to that or at least that's what Ron Hextall doesn't want to happen. So I find it hard to believe that it's going to happen. I I understand why he would be out there because at this moment in time, That's a name that, hey, listen, Petrie, is he a top four defenseman in the National Hockey League? Yeah. Is he performing to the standard in which the Penguins were hoping? I think it's safe to assume that he isn't. Look at what Mike Matheson brought to the Penguins last season for less money. It's more than Jeff Petrie's bringing right now. Or at the very least, it's comparable. In which case it means that was an unnecessary move, which tightened your already tight cap constrictions. So if he is moved, the answer on defense is already plain and simple right there, and we talked about it earlier in the show. There's a reason that they thought they were going to trade one of their nine defensemen because they have a stockpile of defensemen, of NHL-capable defensemen. Jan is working his way back from injury. He has experience playing in the top four. You would imagine he just slots right up into the second pairing on the right side. He's capable there. And he could provide a nice stay-at-home option for P.O. Joseph. And one of Joseph's biggest issues is that net front, Ruda, for any of his faults, you know, three-year deal for 275 just seemed unnecessary for where the Penguins have been playing him. If you get him in that second role, second pairing role, and Petrie's gone, all of a sudden that Ruda deal looks like a good deal if he can perform to the level that the Penguins need him to. So he's capable there. One of the biggest issues, like I said, for Joseph is the net front. Ruda is good in the net front. So that makes a good second pairing. It allows Marcus Pedersen to go up to the first pair. And then you can hopefully drop Brian Dumlin down to the third pairing because seeing him continue to play alongside Chris Letang, I know they've switched around. We saw Joseph and Letang at times on Monday night. But the Penguins just, they need another defensive overhaul. And that is another, that's a black mark on, uh, Ron Hextall's ledger. It's not good because that's the one thing he addressed last offseason. We're we're, we're talking now about, you know, how did you construct this bottom six? Like, why did you construct it like this? You didn't put a lot of thought. You didn't put a lot of work. You didn't put a lot of resources into the bottom six. And it just, it's, it's showing 56 games in. Also, look at the goaltending situation past two postseasons. You've been handcuffed because you've had an injured goalie. And why are the Pittsburgh Penguins currently sitting outside of a playoff spot? A large reason is because Tristan Jari's missed the past month and a half with a nagging hip injury. Is what we expect, obviously. Lower body, upper body, that's what we've been told. He didn't do anything to address that. What he did address was the defense. And now it seems like he's going to have to address it again less than a year later. That's horrible look. Horrible optics for the Penguins' general manager. But like I said, I feel like a lot of this movement takes place after the season ends. I'm not sure who's willing to take on Petrie. What's coming back in that deal? I'm even less sure if there's anyone that would want Brian Doomlin on the market. So for everybody trying to put him in mock trades, that's probably not going to happen, especially since Hextall's not willing to part with a first-round pick in order to make it happen. So don't expect him to go anywhere. They could utilize... P.O. Joseph or Ty Smith as a substantive trade piece, but that solves one problem by creating another problem in which you get rid of one of your talented young defensemen. Penguins don't have that in abundance. Owen Pickering is a very, very far away away. like A couple of seasons away still. These are the guys you have as far as young talent on the blue line. I'm not sure you want to get rid of one of them to try to solve a problem that's going to need more than one move to fix if they do move one of joseph or smith it needs to be for the right price it needs to be for the right player and it cannot be a rental you can't trade away po joseph or ty smith for a rental that's just horrible optics especially considering you're not currently in a playoff spot but i digress to that point either way it seems like last summer's defensive reconstruction has been a failure and whoever is the GM this summer, whether that be Ron Hextall or somebody else, they're going to have to go back to the drawing board on the Penguins' blue line in June and July. And that's never a good thing when you're fixing the same thing off-season after offseason. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. Pens are back in action tomorrow. Nick Horwat will be back in action tomorrow as we join together on Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, so make sure you check that out for a full episode. But that's going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Apple, Spotify, apparently the Odyssey app. I work at Odyssey. I found out the other day that the podcast is on the Odyssey app. So if you, if you like the Odyssey app, the free Odyssey app, you can listen to us there. Like I said, literally anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find my voice. That might be a good thing. That might be a bad thing. You might hate my voice. In which case, I don't know why you've made it 11 minutes into this recording. But, nonetheless, that's it for this one. Make sure you tune in, like, subscribe, comment, review, all that fun stuff. We'll see you guys next time.